smartcast you're listening to a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast welcome to season 2 of our podcast ticks for free in which we discuss all things football i am dhiman and with me is my co-host vivek messi The first two round of 16 matches on Saturday night went as expected as Netherlands beat USA 3-1 and Argentina beat Australia 2-1. For Argentina, it was Messi and his magical left foot that delivered again as a shot for the opening goal pierced the tightest of gaps with three Australian players in front of him to find the left bottom corner. Julian Alvarez then made it 2-0 in the 57th minute by capitalizing on a mistake from Australian goalkeeper Matthew Ryan. While Argentina faced a few nervy moments at the close after an own goal by Enzo Fernandez brought Australia back into the game, they were able to maintain their composure and see it through. Uh, Diman, this was Messi's first goal in a knockout game. Incredible that it has taken him this long. Yeah, well, also proof of the fact that how Argentina have performed in all the World Cups that he's played. The exception being 2014 when he had a great World Cup and pretty much took Argentina to the final. And uh, picking up some four Man of the Match awards on the way. Well, it was his assist that fetched the goal against Belgium in 2014. So, so yes, again, as you mentioned, Vivek, it is the ability to find that space. that makes the difference between mortals and footballers like him it's incredible how he keeps doing it game after game year after year and dare i say into his second decade that is the magic of that man everyone knows what he's going to do everyone knows that if he has the ball on the left foot he will be able to take a shot he will dribble past and yet he manages to find spaces where to normal people the space simply does not exist he did that against mexico and he did that yesterday so it's great that he's got another hoodoo of his back or a monkey of his back you know scoring in the knockout rounds and all that but more importantly he is in the mood to have a good world cup and it showed in the way he enjoyed the post match celebrations i have not seen him this exuberant in a long long time He's a guy who generally does his business and goes away with a slight wave here and there but yesterday he seemed to be enjoying himself. He was with the crowd, he was you know after the game he was trying to cheer them on they responded. He was great and I have not seen him do that. So I'm thinking that you know all this points to the fact that he is in the mood for and and that is good news for Argentina. Yeah, uh, while he may have lost a yard of pace yeah his ability on the ball is still mesmerizing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Neman, it was uh, what you mentioned. He had said before the World Cup, didn't he, that he wants to enjoy it now and probably he's he's more relaxed now. That is really shining through, isn't it? Yeah. At the first press conference here, he said that he's more calm, he's more serene, and you know, going into a World Cup, you hear these things all the time, and it's possibly a lot of it can possibly be talk because you just you are at the end of it all. You're playing a World Cup, and there's so much riding on you. But yes, you're right. It it does seem that he is. he meant what he said and he does seem that he's more relaxed he's he's enjoying it all he knows this is the last time and somehow he's been able to keep that pressure away of 
which in itself is such an incredible feat to be able to live with that kind of pressure from 2006-7 maybe and to be able to deal with it. But somehow here he's been able to keep that aside and go back to enjoying football. And I think it's showing through, yes. Uh, Argentina did concede yesterday. It was perhaps unfortunate because it was a very big deflection. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, what do you do about such a situation? I mean, yeah. the, the ball was going in one direction and went in the other. So, it's like me getting lost in Doha. So, it, it's <laughs> happened so often. So, yeah, what do you do? There uh, were anything for Argentina to worry about though, like looking ahead? Backline. I mean, it's okay. It's all right. And when teams throw everything at you, the backline will come under pressure. But did they keep a clean sheet in any of the games? I'm trying to think. They, Mexico uh, was. Mexico and Poland, they won 2 0. So, yeah, after yeah, the okay, Saudi game. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yesterday they did come under pressure. And against Holland, where you have players like Dumfries, where you have players of the ability of Frankie de Jong, it could be severely tested. It was at the end of it all, Emiliano Martinez's save. You can call it the new hand of God that kept Argentina from the game going into extra time. But uh, I think as games get tougher, if there's one thing they need to worry about, it is the back line because everything else seems to be uh, going all right. Oh, okay. The other thing is uh, Lautaro Martinez's lack of efficiency in the front mm-hmm. third is something I think, I think that needs to be a matter of concern. That should be a matter of concern because... He came into the World Cup on a fairly good run and he plays for a top club in a top league. For him to be this profligate in front of goal in knockout games can be a problem. Right, right. Yeah, I was just about to mention, I think Messi created at least two clear-cut chances for Martinez towards the end, but he wasn't able to put them yeah, away. You, which, yeah. you cannot not afford to do that. I mean, after Germany lost, Hansi Flick came and told us, that you need to be efficient with your chances. Just think of what how this World Cup would have panned out had Leroy Sané converted against Spain. Uh, just think of how things would have panned out had Germany taken their chances in the opening game. They were all over Japan in the opening game, except for that spell where in the second half where uh, Japan scored those goals. So, if you cannot take your chances, um, okay, Brazil could not take their chances against Cameroon, but uh, in their defence, you can say that this was not the first choice Brazil team. So, hmm. it's okay. But if you cannot take your chances in a knockout game, like you said, you get two chances, you are a striker of proven to a degree, you're supposed to take one. You're supposed to be able to convert one because that changes the game completely. Uh, I think Argentina will also be hoping that Angel Di Maria is, is fit for that quarterfinal. He he was unavailable yeah. yesterday due to an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think he'll uh, play some I mean it'll be very unusual if he does not play at all. Because he brings so much to the game. He brings absolutely so much to the game. His ability to operate from either wing, uh, his ability to cut in, he can score goals. I mean, had he not lived in the shadow of Lionel Messi, dare I say this again, he's a generational talent. He's absolutely a generational talent. And it's very important for Argentina to ensure that he's around. And I think this could be his last World Cup too. Yeah. yeah. He's just a year younger to Messi. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. Uh, Deman, you did mention that Argentina will face a much sterner test against Netherlands. Uh, Netherlands looked pretty comfortable in their 3-1 win over the US. Uh, Memphis Depay's super finish in the 10th minute eased their nerves and Daily Blind made it 2-0 in first half stoppage time. While Haji Wright pulled one back for the US, Denzel Dumfries restored Netherlands' two-goal advantage in the 81st. It was perhaps their most convincing display so far. 
Yeah, because uh, I remember uh, Van Hal. Van Hal does not really take criticism very well. Almost bristling when he was told that Netherlands are boring, etc. It's like visiting a dentist, uh, watching them play, and all that stuff. And they produced what I felt was a very efficient performance. You just did enough to get the job done. You let USA have the ball. Uh, it's interesting because. In international football, or at least in this World Cup, Japan has shown that you know you don't really need the ball. It is what you do with the ball, and as we discussed this in an earlier episode, so USA had the ball, but USA didn't know what to do with it because all the passing angles were blocked. And to be able to control the game that way, and then take your chances, because in their exuberance, USA were leaving space in the midfield, and they just quietly exploited that. It's something that. I am thinking could happen in the Japan Croatia game today as well. It will be Croatia's experience whether they have the legs to do it because because Netherlands are a younger team. So whether they have the legs to do it, I don't know. But it could be a game where Croatia's experience and their ability to control things in the midfield that influences this uh, round of 16 game. But okay, coming back to Netherlands, I thought they were very efficient. It was clinical almost, and uh, uh, to be able to make to round of eight. With uh, such a confident display, shows that this team also is possibly getting in the business as the tournament approaches its business end. And that said, you know, it is. Uh, I think I can't remember who, but at the mix zone, uh, someone said that uh, the pressure is all on Argentina, so we can go and do our thing. And I think that's an important point. So, Netherlands going out in the quarterfinals would be job well done. Argentina going out in the quarterfinals would. All the love that you see for Messi now, I am not so sure as to how much of that will stay. So the pressure is all on Argentina, and this is a team that has gotten into business at the right time, I think. Right. The man, a word on uh, Louis Van Gaal. Uh, he's had a long career in management, and uh, he took over Netherlands after the Euro disappointment last year. He's of course coached them earlier. I think he took them to a third place finish in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's just someone who's very experienced and knows how to handle these big tournaments, doesn't he? I mean, more than that, he's he's someone who's produced players. I mean, yeah. uh, Luis Enrique has been his has played under him. Xavi has played under him, and they're now established coaches. His contribution to football is immense, and yes, he knows these tournaments. He knows how to play them. Even at Manchester United, uh, he I thought got an. unfair deal yeah. because he did he did blood a number of youngsters and uh, it was not his fault that the recruitment strategy of the club was flawed and i think he left after winning the fa cup or something so yeah. um, he is a coach who's contributed a lot to football and the fact that even now even with his illness he still retains that passion for the game he's been doing it for uh, So long. I mean, he and the other person I see having that kind of passion is Arsene Wenger, who, as we speak, there's a press conference that we uh, I would like to attend in in another two hours. You know, this is it's the kind of passion these people are over seventy. Uh, Van Hal has battled illness, uh, and he still manages to have the focus, the determination, and the passion to take a team to a World Cup and get it to the round of eight now. So yeah, he has experience of these tournaments. He has experience of football, really, at club and country level. And uh, so, for a youngish team like Netherlands, he is definitely the right man for the job. Uh, and and as has been evident so far. Right, right. 
Yeah, as you mentioned, the, their passion for football is really inspiring. Even though they're over 70, yeah, they live and breathe football. Yeah. People like yeah, Van Hal and Arsene Wenger. Yeah. Uh, Deman, uh, it all sets up for a tantalizing quarter-final between Argentina and Netherlands. If I would ask you, who do you put your money on between uh, the Argentina. two? Right. Argentina. I would not put a lot of money because this is a knockout game. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and uh, you know, things can change any moment. We've seen the number of late goals that have happened in this competition. And mm-hmm. think of Brazil, Cameroon. Think of South Korea. Uh, who did they play now? I get South Korea, Portugal. Portugal. Uh, so uh, yeah, so these these uh, late goals can change the dynamics of a game. But that said, um, Argentina, uh, given the attacking strength, given that they have Messi. And given that they have Emiliano Martinez, who's been doing well in goal, um, and given that they've been tested more, you know, it's, it's difficult to begin a competition with a loss and then bounce back. So, it, it brings teams together. It, 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 it sort of creates a kind of spirit that can take you uh, a lot further than you otherwise would have. So, they've been tested more. And all that means that Argentina go into the game as favourites. Slight, but favourites. Uh, moving on to today's matches, uh, defending champions France take on Poland while England face Senegal. Uh, France did slip up against Tunisia in their final group game. But with their first choice players back, I don't really see any way that France will stumble tonight. Uh, do you see it that way too, Dimon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, given how Poland are stacked up, I, I still think that this is a young team. I still think that they are way too dependent on Lewandowski in front and Szczesny at the back. Chesney has had a great tournament, but uh, Lewandowski has not. Um, and given the kind of uh, maturity with which France has approached games, given the kind of uh, blend that they have in you know young and old uh, players, they have uh, they have Habio on the one hand, and they have Chouamini on the other. They have Kamavinga, who can play in multiple positions, uh, and they have Griezmann, who's uh, getting into form, who's who's uh, having a good World Cup. And at the end of it all, they have Mbappe. And we are not even talking about Hugo Lloris. So, so it's, it's a solid team. The only thing that, uh, that you know, was the worry when France went into the competition was whether they're hungry enough to sort of do it again. And uh, from the off, from the time they took in a goal against Australia and then uh, won 4-1, they have shown that they do have that hunger. And uh, yes, uh, how could I forget uh, Olivier Giroud, a player who uh, I have a lot of time for. Uh, a player who does so much for the team that nobody can think of dropping him when he's playing for France. And a player who makes Mbappe better. And that is how he gets the job done for France. So, And he's 36 maybe. So it's a team that has the right blend of youth and experience and they have been looking solid. It would be indeed a massive, massive surprise if Poland were to pull a rabbit out of the hat. But these are knockout games and I'm always, always wary of, you know, saying that you know one team definitely should be going into the game winning it because an 89th minute goal or 92nd minute error what do you do then hmm. so you really need to be able to seal the game much earlier to be able to control that um, but having said all that it would be a massive upset if poland were to pull it off right, right. uh since these are the knockouts uh, the possibility of a match going to penalties is always there uh, so, I guess we yeah, must talk yeah. about England's penalty shootout history. They perhaps exorcised <laughs> past demons when they beat Colombia in a shootout, I think, in 2018. But it always yes. seems to be a factor when it comes to England, Neman. Like, uh, penalties are always tricky, but uh, is, there, is there something that England think too much about? 
No, I don't know. Penalties are tricky for everyone. Messi missed a yeah. penalty. So, uh, yes, England, uh, they did it against Colombia. And uh, more importantly to me, I think, they did it in the Under-17 World Cup uh, in India, uh, from where the likes of Phil Foden is now an established regular, almost established regular. Uh, there's a lot of contention when he's not played uh, in the senior team. So, I think that penalty hoodoo uh, has been taken care of. That's it. Uh, penalty is a penalty people will miss. Maradona's missed. Messi's yeah. missed. Uh, Zico, Socrates, Platini, they've missed in one game. So, it could happen. Uh, I mean, I'm not reading much into that. But if you cannot seal the game against Senegal in regulation time, then penalties is anybody's game. Mm. And you could have uh, a lot to pay for. But given the form, given their uh, reputation, they should be able to seal the game. Uh, especially because Senegal are going to miss... Idrissa Gaye and, of course, Sadio Mane, who did not, could not start the tournament. So, given that, uh, it is something that uh, you would expect England to win. But, uh, again, because they are knockout games, you never know for sure. Diman, uh, anything else that you're looking forward to from today's matches, whether it is England, Senegal or France, Poland? I'd like Olivier Giroud to score again. Okay. If that, uh, that's. He's on that's the cusp of that record, isn't it? He's, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Just think of this that, you know, he, he scores and France go into the quarterfinal and uh, he's broken Terry on his record. Hmm. Uh, it would be such a glorious moment. Uh, on the other hand, I think uh, Idrissa Gai was supposed to play his 100th international game and he's suspended for this game. And Senegal could be leaving the World Cup before he gets his 100th international game. It could have been a 100th international game in a World Cup. A World Cup knockout game, which is not happening. So, so yeah, I mean, I would like to see two good games and I would like to see an Olivier Giroud goal that takes uh, France to the round of eight. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.